Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT the Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a very busy day, a show that I've been talking about for months. We are here, everybody. It's NFL schedule release day. The schedule officially gets released at 5 p.m., but there are some announcements that have already been released by the NFL in regards to week one. There's also people out there speculating and knowing there are leaks. People are trying to look ahead at the upcoming schedule. We are going to stick to protocol here today on Raider Nation Radio and just talk about two games as they open up, and especially the home opener on Monday Night Football as we're brought to you by PT's. PT's Taverns, they're open. Occupancy, come on in. They have the best VGK viewing outside of the arena with food and drink specials from $3. Toast to your Vegas Golden Knights and your very own VGK and PT's Tavern Collector's Cup. I have all four, and PT's Tavern just came off Cinco de Mayo, which was a roaring success. And now they go into schedule release tonight, which would be perfect to head out to happy hour. Five to seven, half price drinks, food. You could be there as the schedule's released with your friends, watching schedule release at all the PTs here in the Valley. Welcome to the show. A busy day today, so I got a lot to get to. Got an interview in the first hour with John Perella, the former defensive lineman of the Raiders, now a coach in the NFL. I can't wait to talk to him. He was one of the toughest football players I have ever seen play. And he came from the Chargers to the Raiders, and he got to the Raiders, and he was a Raider instantly. John Perella at the bottom of the hour. NBA insider Kurt Heelan, who was scheduled to join us in the second hour of the show. And then I'm going to head off to the Mike Davis Memorial Service. Uh, Quickly, going to run a little late to that, but I wanted to make sure we knocked out this show and I could pay tribute to Red Right 88 the great Mike Davis, who passed away, and he's having his celebration of life today, which I'm going to race over to with my wife and pay respects there. So very busy day today. Then I'm back on the radio tonight on Mad Dog to go over the entire schedule as it's released. And again, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. Start dialing now because we know what the Raiders have. They have the most exciting game in week one, Monday Night Football, all by themselves, not the back end of a doubleheader, at Allegiant Stadium, the NFL put that out. Monday Night Football alone will be the Raiders hosting the Baltimore Ravens. All I want this hour is your opinion on that game. 702-365-9200. Your thoughts on the game and traveling here, because there's a lot of Raider fans. This is a road game for the Raiders. They're traveling from Oakland, L.A. Our Raider fans in Vegas here get the chance to see the team for the first time as season ticket holders on Monday Night Football week one how great is that and i nailed it i didn't say this would be the opener but i knew i thought deep down inside that the ravens game would be either sunday or monday night because it's the best game on the schedule along with kansas city so for kansas city you expect another big high profile game but i thought that uh, this game with baltimore would either be sunday night thursday night excuse me monday night or a sunday night football and we get the home opener. I like catching the Ravens early. The Raiders are already a heavy underdog at home. They're a six and a half point underdog, a touchdown 
underdog at home. So Vegas and the bookmakers don't think the Raiders can win that game. I would rather play Baltimore week one in a place they've never been to before. They don't know the stadium. They don't know the sight lines. And it's going to be a sea of madness of silver and black. And there'll be some Raven fans who road trip and get into this game. But it'll be heavy, heavy, heavy Raiders on top of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson as the Raiders and Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley, the new defensive coordinator, has had some success against Lamar Jackson in the past. So this is an important game for Vegas as a community, a vibrant community. I think it's great for the economy of Las Vegas, and that turns into a four-day weekend because as we go to the start of the NFL schedule on Thursday night football, you'll see Tampa Bay and Tom Brady raise their championship flag against Dallas. So Thursday starts football all through the weekend, a full slate on Sunday. I'll get to week one, then Sunday night football, and the Raiders have Monday all to themselves. Think of the tailgates. Think about what it's going to be like to get into a legion early. Get to your seats if it's the first time going there, if you're not going to Garth Brooks or another event, to walk in on Monday night football. How great is that? And I think the NFL did the Raiders solid because the Raiders had four primetime games last year and none of the fans were able to see it. None of the fans were able to see it in a legion. So I thought that Roger Goodell and the NFL did a nice job giving them a big, high-profile game right out of the gate. And I really believe this. I'm not making this up here. I think you want the Ravens early. When we find out the rest of the schedule, you know, if you get a team in week five, week seven, before the bye week, after the bye week, that all plays out. There's always a story behind that. When do you play a team at what time? How many road games do you have? How many cold weather games do you have? How many games do you have to travel cross-country? All of that. The Raiders are not playing in London. So if you look at the schedule that's going to be released here in a couple of hours, less than five hours, and a lot of people are leaking it out. The entire New York Giants schedule was published by the New York Post this morning. A lot of other people in Vegas are tweeting out the schedule. I will not do that. We're on the flagship of the team. There are rules and guidelines here. I will talk about two games that have been released and everybody knows about And then I'll wait to tell you my opinions on the rest of the schedule next week. But I want to hear from you. Did you get your airline tickets? Are you coming in? Do you have tickets? Are you coming in for a three-day weekend? I mean, again, for Vegas, this is a big deal because a hotel room checkout's on Tuesday instead of Monday morning after a Sunday game. And we really look at this as the opening weekend of the NFL, and Vegas is the big benefactor of the entire league. Other than Tom Brady, who if he wins on Thursday night to start the season, week two is a bye week for them. They play on Thursday, and they don't play most likely to the following Sunday. That gives Brady and Tampa Bay an advantage if they win. And if the Cowboys lose that game, they got to wait a week and a half until they play again. And I've I've done this long enough. This is my 23rd year with the team. And when the schedule comes out, I've learned how to dissect the schedule pretty good. And it's always hard. The Raiders have been getting screwed on their schedule for a long time. For a long time. Especially, you know, the preseason game up at Winnipeg, all the travel that year, all the team all the travel that they have. And again, I, I think this is a good time. The Raiders don't they play Miami at home. They they don't get to go to Miami in the heat and humidity of September. They get Miami at home. And then the rest of the schedule where it falls with Pittsburgh and Cleveland. 
obviously Philadelphia, the Giants, the Washington Football Club, Indianapolis. I, I think the schedule's manageable. I, I'm not going to sit here right now. I have plenty of time to predict win-loss. But I think this Raiders schedule is manageable, getting Chicago at home, and depending on how many cold weather games there are on the back end of the schedule. There's always opportunities for cold weather games at Cleveland, at Kansas City, at Denver, the way that it plays out, the Giants, where the schedule falls. So we'll talk about that. But again, I think today for the first hour, I want to clear out everything and get you on the phone with Baltimore. What does this game mean to you? How do you feel about it? Are you excited like I am to get Baltimore week one? As I don't believe Lamar Jackson's going to play a lot at all in the preseason. You're going to get a running quarterback coming in. They don't have super elite weapons. They're a very good team, but they're known for their defense, and they got a running quarterback. So now you have a defensive coordinator in Gus Bradley that right out of the gate, starting right now today, can prepare for a running mobile quarterback that you got to keep in the pocket. And you know how to beat Lamar Jackson. You know the answer already. You want him to pass. You want him to be in the pocket, not outside the pocket. You want him to be in the pocket as the pocket's collapsing where he has to step up and make throws, and he's not very good at it. He is not a great pocket passer, but I believe he can develop into it. He's the MVP of the league two years ago. He's a hell of a player. But that's the type of guy that if he tucks and runs, he could be a nightmare on Monday Night Football. And then you got to worry about John Abram, uh, Trev, uh, you know, you got Trev coming in here, Maury coming in the new safety. Can he stay at home at free safety, and will he have to jump in the box to make tackles? I think it's a massive game for Corey Littleton. Massive game. This is the Littleton game, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it a lot. I'm going to put the pressure on Corey Littleton week one on Monday Night Football to have a bounce-back season and be a guy who's going to have to spy and shadow at times Lamar Jackson and make sure he tackles him when he takes off. I love the game. I would rather play Baltimore week one than week four, six, nine, twelve when they are rolling. When they are rolling. Catch them early, punch them in the mouth, beat them at home, and you're going to have the most rabid fan base in that building going crazy. Your thoughts right now. Let's go. 702-365-9200. And then we'll get to the Thanksgiving game, which, again, has been tweeted out a billion times. Not a million times. So, obviously, everybody knows the Thanksgiving schedule with the Raiders on the road at Dallas, and we know the home opener. Everything else that I know will not go on the radio today till after 5 o'clock. I'm sure Vinny Bonsignor, when he gets the schedule and can release it at 5, you don't want to miss that show. But that's all I'm talking about. Monday Night Football and Thanksgiving. The rest is all speculation. I don't want to speculate because that's not how we do it here. We follow the rules. The countdown is on for week one. A week one, Pittsburgh at Buffalo, Jacksonville at Houston. The Chargers got a big travel game. They go to Washington. That's a long trip. A great move. Sam Darnold taking on uh, the Jets. Carolina against the Jets. People will watch that game in mass in New York. Arizona against the Titans. So I look at the schedule week one and the CBS schedule week one has Cleveland at Kansas City. That's a big game. Two teams predicted to make the playoffs. And Miami at New England. And Kansas City, Cleveland, and Miami is all on the Raiders' schedule. 
So that's where we're at. I'm pretty excited about today. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be off for a couple of days after this heading to New York for the family, and I'll be back next week with Coaches versus Cancer with Lon Kruger uh, doing some work for him starting Sunday night at the MGM uh, Grand, uh, the Park MGM, excuse me, uh, Coaches versus Cancer as it's going to be over 35 Division One college basketball coaches in town, including Roy Williams and some of the biggest names here. So a little charity work coming up, which I'm very proud to be a part of, working with the uh, American Cancer Society, raising well over a million dollars every year to do that. So I'll be doing that early next week. So let's get in here, start the show off. 702-365-9200, Gangster Raider. What do you think of Monday Night Football, the home opener? I love it. The NFL set us up perfect because I'm, I'm like you. I'd rather see them um, first week because, first of all, um, Lamar won't be playing in the preseason. And also, a lot of teams, they won't have no film on our defense. And our defense is going to be like the X factor because they think it's going to be comparable to last year. They think they're going to be able to do like last look mm-hmm. do against us like they did against last year's defense. But with Gus Bradley putting in his system, it's like the X factor. Nobody really knows how our defense is going to look. And it could right. make a statement. It could make a statement against Baltimore if we shut down Lamar and hold them to a um, few points. And I think we should have a lot of turnovers too, because if we shut down the run, we're going to force him to throw. We should have at least three or four turnovers easy and win the game in spectacular fashion. You know what I mean? And also, I think I never really did like the Ravens because I call them the Cleveland Browns Jr because they are the Cleveland Browns that snuck off and moved to Baltimore. Then they tried to steal our name, the Raiders and the Ravens, and even stole our black colors. So they got to come to the Black House, the Capitol building of the Raider Nation, and get beat for trying to steal our um, colors and our name. You know what I mean? So also my um, brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he's a Ravens fan, and it's my sister's birthday weekend. Her birthday is September 14th. So we all gonna be in Vegas anyway, and we gonna go to the game, and he gonna witness firsthand his Ravens get beat by the real silver and black Raiders of the NFL, three-time Super Bowl champion Raiders of the NFL. And how do you feel about actually have, finally having fans in the stadium? Because I know you said you well, watched a couple of games in there by yourself without fans, so I know you excited about having the fans in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the call. I'm thrilled about it. It's an honor to be a part of the broadcast on the pre- and post-game show and to have a sold-out house, as we expect. It's going to be one of the great bucket list moments of my career on radio, and it's going to be all about the fans. So I can't wait for that. All the pre-game shows I've hosted in the past and the opportunities to go to Raider games, this, to me, it was so surreal, even though no one knows what that means. There were times last year, see, when the Raiders were at home, there was media. So there was limited media in the press box, but it was heavy COVID protocol. So no one could go anywhere. And I sat in the broadcast booth with Brent Musburger, Lincoln Kennedy, Brent's son, and our engineer team. And I just sat there. And there was no one there. You go to the bathroom, you come back, you put a mask on. And when when the team was on the road, we were in the building. That's when it got really bizarre because there was nobody in the building. Literally nobody. There was like eight of us. And that... Got to a point eight times doing that. That's a lot of road games. So I can't wait. I can't envision to see it. Remember last year, the Monday night opener against New Orleans, Mrs. Davis lit the torch. And that was really emotional for everybody who understood the magnitude of Mark Davis's mom lighting the torch in memory of Al Davis. And then the Raiders beat Drew Brees, and you could hear a pin drop. And that was the first time I was at a game at Allegiant Stadium where I could understand you could hear the tackling on the field in the fourth deck. 
You can hear the coaches. You could hear everything. Now you won't be able to hear anything. You know, there's a lot of talk this week about the Wynn nightclub. Oh, it's going to be in the north end zone. Everybody's going crazy. There's going to be a nightclub there. And look, calm down with the nightclub. The nightclub's going to be great because there's only nine home games, a couple preseason games. When there's concerts, when there's big events, that nightclub's going to be unbelievable. It's a big part of the stadium and the entertainment. And will that be diehard fans in the Wynn nightclub? I don't know. I, I would think there'd be a lot of beautiful people sitting there spending a lot of money on bottle service right on top of the field. But I don't, I don't know what it's going to sound like until I get in there for a concert, until we get in there for a big event and the music is turned up and you got 65,000 fans. That will be that way for the Ravens. And with one preseason home game, we'll get a dry rehearsal to see what's happening. And hopefully Raider fans, season ticket holders, are going to go check out their seats if you get that opportunity ahead of time. So this is countdown for me. Today was a very big day. I wait for that schedule to come out. And then to see Monday Night Football as the home opener, it can't be any better than that. Now, there is one downside to that game. The downside to that game is week two is a very short week. So you play Monday night late, late, late. And then you come back and you got to play. Now, do you play close to home in Vegas? Or do the Raiders have to hit the road and go cross country? And then you're looking at a game which really feels like a must-win game in week two, depending on what happens Monday night football. And we'll find out that a little bit longer. We'll, uh, we'll find out a little bit later on today what the schedule looks like and what, what it's going to feel like with the travel. But from everybody I talk to and everybody who's talking about the schedule around the league, I don't sense that the Raiders are getting screwed this year. We, the, the home schedule is not as glorious as the home schedule was last season, unfortunately. The road schedule, we know who we play on the road. I mean, it's harder. I think the road schedule is harder than the home schedule. That's what's going to be interesting about the dates. But what I decide to look at today is I decide to look at travel and when these games are played outdoors in the cold and when they're played, what what part of the season and where the bye week is. The bye week is very important. Hey, wake up and get the show going here, man. Schedule release day. we got a flagship radio station now that's all over the country on Raiders.com on the Raiders app. Okay, there should be nine full phone lines here at noon every day. This is the show of record, longest tenured show in the history of Raiders Radio. Let's get going. Let's get fans excited about Monday Night Football. We'll preview that game right now. What are you concerned about? What do you think about that game opening up the stadium? Is that the game you wanted to see? 702-365-9200. Here's Mark in Vegas on 920. How are you, Mark? I'm doing good, JT. I'm calling because it gives us a good, you know, three or four weeks to prepare for Baltimore. Um, and I think they're the toughest team that we're playing. They're tough. Also, I do have to bring up the Dallas Thanksgiving game. Do you know that this is going to be the third time in a row that we play Dallas in Dallas on Thanksgiving? Man, that's tough because I want to go Well, they to only play in Dallas. Season. Hold on. They only play – let me stop you. They only play in Dallas and they only play in Detroit. So they're not flipping that game over – to Las Vegas, so you have to play the game no, no, in Dallas. They host that. the game. I'm saying, as, yeah. a, as a diehard Raider fan, mm-hmm. I want to go to Dallas and watch the Raiders play in Dallas. Yeah, but probably the hardest regular season ticket to get in all of NFL is Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. You know what I'm saying? And for the last three times they've played Dallas in Dallas, it's been on Thanksgiving. It's like they don't want the Raider Nation there. They know better. <laughs> That's an interesting point. I was going to tell uh, Gorilla Rilla, I think, is going to check in. I want to talk to some Raider fans who set their travel 
today, and that's a tough trip. I mean, a lot of people want to be with their families at home. I know the NFL teams that are on the road don't enjoy that game because it breaks up their week, and, you know, you get a mini bye week after that because you play on Thursday, but you go into a home team with a heavy advantage. Either, and, and Detroit's a joke. You'd rather play Detroit because they're just awful. Uh, Dallas is going to be better this year, but, you know, I think the Raiders will navigate that, and if they win that game, they'll have a long weekend to prepare for the next opponent, depending on who that is. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully that game will be back at home. At least we'll have that 10 days off, and that'll set up the rest of the season because going into December, you know we're going to be in the playoff hunt. Well, I hope so. Again, when the schedule comes out and we look at the degree of difficulty, when we look at the degree of difficulty, thanks for the call, we'll know everything. We'll know everything. We'll know if it, it's one of those schedules that jump on you. Remember last year was really a game changer for Raider fans. Last year, the back end of the schedule was much easier than the front end. And the Raiders started off 6-3 and three and should have tripped over the finish line to make the postseason, and they didn't. And they played their worst football down the stretch, and they didn't get in, starting with the collapse at Atlanta. That can't happen this year. It can't. I mean, there's got to be – I liked splits early on in the season. You know, what I've been do, doing this with Raider fans, you know, when the schedule comes out, you look at the first four games and you go, whoa. They all look hard, right? Everybody's gotten better. Everybody knows what's happening. So I like the Raiders to get out of the gate 2-2. Two and two. You know, I'm not sitting here going 4-0, and oh, especially with the Ravens the first game. I'm not looking. You know, 3-1 is great if, you, if the schedule permits and you get Cincinnati early or you get a game that you think you can win. Okay, Washington. But I like to get out of the gate the first quarter of the season 2-2 two and two, and then reset. Okay, you're not in trouble. You're not running away with anything, and you're okay, right? That's the way I look at it. I mean, I don't go 4-0. Never done that, and it doesn't happen. So let's hope the Raiders' schedule is a little bit friendlier earlier. It was last year, and the Raiders took advantage of that, opening up at Carolina and then having Drew Brees at home, and they were 2-0, and and the Raider Nation was going absolutely bonkers. Ryan's in Massachusetts on the Raiders app. How are, how are you, Ryan? Go ahead. Hey, JT, how's it going? Doing good, thanks. So I want to talk about this week one game, and um, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm with you. I'm happy we got the Ravens, you know, because it seems like – I remember last year the, the, the Saints opened – we opened up the stadium with the Saints on Monday Night Football, and it was kind of mm-hmm. like a feeling of like, you know, any other week the Saints might, you know, could probably beat us. But that felt like yep. a game that it, Absolutely. Know, we're not going to lose. So I'm glad we're not opening up with with Denver or or the Chargers. You know, I, I'm happy mm-hmm. we got Baltimore. And um, uh, Gangster Raider was on, and I heard him saying about you know getting a bunch of turnovers. And I feel like that's something we could do. You know, week mm-hmm. one, nobody knows what Gus Bradley's going to do. And Lamar Jackson, if if you get him to start throwing the ball, you know, we're going to get some picks back there. So I, you would I'm hope so. It's a it's a it's team. a vastly it's a vastly improved secondary with a couple of ball hawks right, right. added, one in the draft at free safety, and Casey Hayward who's gonna who's gonna intercept the ball if you throw it his way. But I, I'm concerned about Lamar Jackson running. He's the type of guy if he breaks a tackle on the second level from a linebacker, he could be gone. And that's gonna be a big part yeah. of what Gus Bradley does that's in week one contain him. A linebacker's gotta get on him, you know? We got yeah. Littleton and, and Morrow and maybe that, that kid Koontz, if he comes in, mm-hmm. we got to get him to throw. 
Yeah, I appreciate the call. It's really interesting because it's the one team you want them to throw the ball. When you look at the Raiders and their schedule and their record, you see Patrick Mahomes and you look at all these throwing quarterbacks. I mean, Justin Herbert's great. I hate to tell everybody. He blew me away. He was the most impressive quarterback I saw last year in the building. He was. Brady, I'm taking Brady out because he's a throwout statistic. But with everybody else I saw, Josh Allen, Drew Brees, all the quarterbacks, including Carr and Mariota, and I'm a big fan of Carr. The one that wowed me the most was Justin Herbert. His size, his strength, his arm angles, his footwork. I mean, that guy's coming for a while. He's going to be tough. Lamar Jackson's an MVP. Patrick Mahomes is an MVP. They're on the schedule. You're facing the MVPs three times. Patrick Mahomes twice and Lamar Jackson. That's not going to be easy. You know Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer. I think Baker Mayfield can play. There's some games on the schedule that are going to be tough, but I'm expecting the Raiders to be improved on defense and keep them in some of these games. 702-365-9200 as we fly through the opening of the show. Brought to you by our good friends at Sam and Ash. I heard Sam and Ash today with Clay and Pritch. If you get into an accident, there's only one firm to call here. You get a two-for-one deal with both Sam and Ashley, 702-820-1234. It's SamAndAshLaw.com, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call them or go to SamAndAshLaw.com, and they'll get right back to you. I mean, they're on the phones there, and they're trying to help you. Our good friends, they are my friends, Sam and Ash. Look forward to the next First Friday with them. Coming up next, John Perella. Now a coach with the Browns, once a Raider, always a Raider. Man, could he play on the defensive line. And we'll talk to him coming up next, and then more of your phone calls on the Raiders' schedule release tonight, and we know they have Monday night football against the Ravens. They saw me as good enough to be the 17th overall pick, you know what I mean? So I'm more than excited to get to the program and um, and prove them right. Not necessarily like prove the haters, the people who made all the mock drafts and all this stuff wrong, but to prove myself and the Raiders organization right, because I'm thankful and grateful for them. Alex Leatherwood, JT, back with you. The first pick uh, this year for the Silver and Black Hole start at right tackle. JT, back with you. It is schedule release day brought to you by Grimaldi's good night to order Grimaldi's best beats in town five locations have a schedule release party and I'm dead serious about that I think this is a good time to have a schedule release party in your backyard pizza beverages and watch this on NFL Network at five o'clock keep it right tuned into Raiders.com and our flagship station here is we'll be covering it with Vinny Bonsignor as the schedule is released during his show. We're waiting on John Perella. We have a few open lines. All I'm talking about this hour is the two games that we know of, the one that was released and the one that everybody released. The Cowboys game is on Thanksgiving, Raiders at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and the Monday night home opener against Baltimore. So those are two games that you can talk about and give your opinion on and what you think is the key to this Monday night game. Because that's going to be a heavy-duty day, a pregame show that we're going to be talking about a week before the game coming out of the preseason. Preseason's really interesting to me. I am a fan of playing during the preseason. Typically, the Raiders are not, and a lot of people either way are on the fence. 
I believe when you're a non-playoff team and you have a draft and you have a bunch of young players that you want to play in the preseason. Derek Carr, come on. I mean, Derek Carr hasn't won a playoff game. That doesn't mean he should sit out the entire preseason. And for those worried about Derek getting injured, you can get injured any game, the last game, the middle game, the preseason. You can't go into it that way. I know you don't want to get anybody hurt in the preseason. But to get Derek in a rhythm with some of these interesting people here, the new additions to this team, especially the receivers, and to get Ruggs going. Henry Ruggs doesn't need to sit out the preseason. Fred Bolitnikoff played all six games with Cliff Branch and made no money. And they played six, six preseason games. And they had two months of camp, and they played two-a-days. So don't tell me it's different. It's not different. The only thing that's different is Ruggs makes a lot more money then Bolitnikov, Branch, combined times 10. But those guys got their work in, and I think the Raiders are going to have to see what they want to do in preparation in the preseason with the preseason games to get this offense ready for Baltimore. Now, as much as we've been talking about this, and I want to get into the Baltimore game, as much as we mention this game, I think it's really important for the reps of the defense going into the preseason games and looking at film, I mean, it's scary to look at Lamar Jackson, right? It's scary to look at him when you look at him on film. I mean, that's how you get nervous when you're a rookie and you say, oh, my God, if he gives me a head fake and I miss, he's gone. So the fundamentals of Gus Bradley and the techniques that he's going to use in this game, especially at the linebacker position, especially with the push, they're going to make up front. And it's going to be fascinating to see the rotation of the defensive line with Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, Cleveland Farrell, and then interior-wise, Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins. When you look at all of that, those guys are going to be gunning for Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football. And Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to hear himself. Let's get to that point, which is big. This stadium with the acoustics and how loud it's going to be, Lamar Jackson on every single down should not be able to hear. He should be working on hand signals if the Raider Nation and the fans step up in Monday Night Football, which I know they will. You just got to watch his first step because the one thing Lamar Jackson does is when he decides to run, he decides to run and takes off. And everybody's got to leave their man and get to him and gang tackle. And if this was this defense last year, the way they were set up, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence coming into this game that the Raiders could stop him defensively, but this is a... Brand new defense, which I think is going to be positioned and lined up better, even against a guy like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. 702-365-9200. Brad in Oakland is up next. How are you, Brad? Damn, I didn't think you'd pick me up this quick. JT, how's it going? 25 years, Westside Club, Section 220, right across the road from Raider Mort. Yes. my TSLs ready to go after waiting last year and never getting down there. I'm super psyched. I woke up this morning, got on Twitter, Vinny mm-hmm. Von Senor posted or someone posted a few leaked games, mm-hmm. the first one being the Ravens. Monday night football, game one. I get on southwest.com, book my tickets down nice. there, booked a cheap flight and a great stay at Venetian for under a hundred bucks a night. My wife wow. and I are coming down there for our first Raider game. I've seen my Raider brick. I've toured the stadium. Haven't seen wow, my Brad. Seats. I am so pumped. 
Now let's talk about the Ravens. So the Ravens come in town, like you were just saying, I'd be a little worried, you know, with what we've had the last few years. But I'm really a believer in Bradley and the defense they've put together, Mayock and Gruden. I am so stoked. I think within Gawkway, I think with Farrell, I think with Crosby, I think picking up a stronger backfield, safeties. I think we got a chance to take game one, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the game, but I'm excited about getting in that damn stadium after sitting for the last 12 months in my home office. It's well, crazy. I remember you. I remember you. You're in the Raider Mort section. Well, that's yep. where I sit, as you know, all the time. I go sit with Mort. I see you at, all, over there yeah. all the time with your yeah. son who's in college. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've got, and uh, I love that. Appreciate the call, my friend. I got to run, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about that as the schedule releases here and we get to talk to uh, one of the great defensive line players that I saw play in this league for a long time. John Perella, kind enough to join us on Raider Nation Radio. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Brought to you by the M Resort and Spa. John, thanks for doing this. I hope you're doing well. How are you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Hope you're doing well uh, yourself. John, tell us about your coaching career now. What's going on? And now this new uh, move that you've made as a coach, as a defensive line coach. How's that going? Well, you know what? It's great. I was, uh, you know, I did high school for 10 years. I did college and uh, I was with the Browns for a year, and, and uh, now, you know what, now I'm coaching high school football out in Ohio. I'm the head coach, and it is awesome. Building a little, uh, you know, a fun place to work at, spending a lot of money, uh, updating the school and things like that. should be a lot of fun. John, congratulations on that because a lot of people who knew you thought that this would be obviously your career path after you got out of the game. How great is it? Tell us about your high school kids and what it's like now coming out of COVID with some obvious still COVID restrictions, what it's like to lead these young men. Yeah, you know what? We're we're fortunate here in Ohio not to have a whole lot going on. Our school never you know, shut down a little bit in, in the spring, but we've been going all fall and, and uh, all spring and uh you know, so outside of the annoying masks that we got to wear, uh, you know, things are pretty much back to normal. Our kids are are training their hearts out. I mean, we've, uh, you know, our attendance has been nearly 100% since January. And uh, I think they're really, really excited for the upcoming season and, and uh, you know, the new era here at, at Lutheran West High School in, in uh, Rocky River, Ohio. John Perell is our guest. you got a lot of friends, a lot of people, coaches I talk to, uh, coaches with the Raiders, back to your days with the Chargers. But I want to start off with you uh, with the years in Nebraska and the games that you played in and the magnitude of those massive home games. Walk me through your experience at college as you were drafted in the second round, the 55th pick overall, and the impact that Nebraska had on your life. Yeah, Nebraska, I mean, Tom Osborne and that staff, uh, you know, I can't say enough about those guys. The impact changed my life forever. I mean, just uh, you know, books were written about the greatness of those years with Tom Osborne, and uh, you know, really helped me develop faith and character and commitment, and how to be a leader and uh, and take that in all phases of your life. And, and you know, I raised my kids with with those core values, and, and uh, you know, left there and went on and, and played in the NFL. And I got away from it a little bit my first year in Buffalo, which is you know, typical young guy, a little lost, and and uh, I went to the Chargers, and and uh, and you know, great opportunity there to really enhance my career and. You know, work with some great coaches, and, and then everything all changed when I went to the Raiders. Uh, you know, what a you know a dramatic, different change, and 
uh, welcoming and loving. And, and as much as I like San Diego, I thought they did. You know, when they were the San Diego Chargers. They're good men. People ran up the on it and, and all that. When you want you to go to the Raiders, the rest of the league is is a little different. I mean, they just the way they treat you. Uh, you know, if you're not just a player, you become family and, and uh, you know, the, the rich history and the traditions that go on there and, and uh, you, know, the, you know, the great coaches and the great players. I mean, it's, it's forever enshrined in, in, in your heart. John Perella is our guest. John, that's what I wanted to spend some time talking to you about because when I was on the sidelines and I was in San Diego watching you play for the Chargers against the Raiders, I mean, you were a madman blowing up plays and the intensity. You could see it in your eyes through your helmet. I was wondering, what's it going to be like to go from the Chargers to the Raiders? And then you go to the Raiders, and everybody embraces you there. The fans love you, and you really become a memorable Raider. Was that a concern for you? How would you make that transition in the division from the Chargers to the Raiders? Who helped you with that? Well, I think, you know, we, the free agency came up. You know, I had told the Raiders I didn't want to, you know, the Chargers, I wanted to stay. I mean, I was there for eight years. I thought, well, let's just finish it up here and, you know, see if we can't get this thing turned around. And, and, uh, and then when we couldn't get anything done, uh, free, you know, during the season, I didn't want to talk to them. I wanted to concentrate on football. I didn't care about that money side of it. And, uh, season got over. We didn't get it done by, uh, free agency at the starting date. Uh, you know, uh, the Raiders had called me. Uh, Bruce Allen, Paul Kelly uh, called me that night. The first uh, first phone call I got in free agency, and then the next call was the Chiefs uh, wanting to visit uh, with me. And free agency was the same time as the combine that year, so uh, I flew out to meet with the Chiefs, uh, talked to them, got done with the Chiefs, getting ready to catch a fight. And the Raiders called me, called my agent, said, "Hey, we want to meet them now." Uh, I had a conversation there, and I met one of my all-time favorite coaches. There was uh, Mike Waffle, who's now retired, sure. uh, maybe the best. Maybe one of the best D-line coaches to ever coach, you know, in, in pro professional football. And, you know, I put him right up there with Charlie McBride and, you know, the late Wayne Nunley. So uh, had an opportunity to meet with Mike and hear, you know, what how he coached and his thoughts. And it just it was a, it was a great, uh, you know, like this guy is going to help me progress late in my career. And uh, and then, I you know, you got Bill Romanowski was coming there, Rob Woodson, you know, Trace Armstrong was there, Rich Gannon. I mean, as you look at it, you're like, this is a – chance to be with an all-star cast and a chance to make one last run and you know, most importantly we get to do it with the Raiders I mean a chance to so I wasn't concerned about the fans I figured once they you know they realized what we were trying to do and you know the sickos that we had up front bringing Sam Adams in and uh and you know when Romo I thought you know uh you were great guys you sickos on the field you know I figured they'd embrace us and and, and they did John Perella is our guest what a great player high motor excellent locker room guy was on the Super Bowl team in 2002. What was your memory of that season? You mentioned some of those great players, the Gannon year and the big games in Oakland in the playoffs on the road to the Super Bowl in San Diego. You know, there's there's a ton of, you know, I can go for probably two or three hours in just that, that year alone. But, you know, the one thing that people forget, we were 4-0 and on top of the world. You know, Bill Callahan was our head coach. He did an excellent job. And uh, then we lost four in a row. And we're sitting four and four, and the whole world, you know, was like, oh my gosh, you know, these guys are going to be terrible and all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, we went to Denver, uh, if I remember correctly, Sunday night or Monday night, and Rod Woodson got an interception, took it back, you know, 70, 80 yards, and, uh, you know, we ended up winning seven of our next eight games. And, uh, you know, we went to Miami and got the South Beach flu, uh, but that's our only loss in uh, on that, you know, those eight games. And, I uh, made a historic run, and, and then we beat San Diego or the Chargers in, in San Diego. 
which was just, uh, you know, a great way to top it off. And, uh, you know, the ironic thing is we got to use their facility for uh, Super Bowl week. Incredible. John Perella is our guest. Our Legends Moment is brought to you by the M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. I know you made a lot of friends when you lived in the Bay Area in your neighborhood. Can you talk about some of the guys that you still keep in touch with from today on that team? Maybe some coaches still to this day that connects you to the Silver and Black. Yeah, no, gosh, I, you know, uh, Danny Moe still works for Raiders. Pete, New York mm-hmm. Pete, you know, still talk to those guys. You know, Mark Myers with Nebraska now. He was a trainer with the Raiders. And, you know, Adam True, who I went to college with and played there. Uh, you know, Bill Romanowski. Uh, you know, go on and on the list of just great guys. You know, Rod Woodson and I coached together in high school, and we were neighbors for a long time out in California. Uh, you know, those guys, you know, you stay in contact with, and, and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch. Josh Taves, you know, Brad Badger. Yeah. Uh, you know, just missing a bunch of guys. You know, Eric Barton. You know, just a bunch of guys that, you know, you you talk to, uh, uh, you know, are just great guys that, you know, in the end we all knew we were trying to accomplish. We came up short, and I'm hoping one of these days they get a chance to do it again and, and, and capture it. But, it was a fun year. Uh, it stunk at the end. Uh, you know, we can have all the seasons in the world. They just beat us that day, unfortunately. I uh, wish we could play it again. Uh, but, you know, now we you know is sit back and hope that, uh, you know, that, you know, Coach Gruden and, and the staff that's here now finds a way to uh, get us back to uh, the glory. John, it sounds like you're going to be busy coaching high school football. Do we get a chance to see out here in Vegas, the stadium, the schedule gets released later on tonight, and I'm sure maybe you have a bye week or when the season wraps up. I know this alumni department is going to want to host you out here at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Uh, you know, we want it. My son is playing football at Oregon State. He's an outside linebacker right now. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, you'll love him now. He's a sicko now, 6'4", 240 pounds of <laughs> anger. Uh, you're going to love him. Uh, you know, they think they're getting a 200 pound outside linebacker. Wait till they see him. Uh, he, uh, wow. he grew. So he, uh, so we're planning on trying to hit one of his games and then on the way home, uh, you know, land, going to, going to Vegas and watch a game and then get back here for, uh, Monday's practice. So, uh, so anyways, no, we're looking forward to doing that. And I'm sure Al, uh, Mr. Davis is, you know, smiling in his grave seeing the, uh, you know, that new stadium. And it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Finally, John, what does it mean to you to be a Raider? <laughs> uh, you know what? It was everything, you know, at the time. And it's funny, as today at, at 51 years old, I still uh, cherish and still believe that, that I'm still a Raider. I mean, it's a brotherhood forever. And, and uh, uh, I think most guys will tell you it never ends. Thank you, John. Good to talk to you again. A lot of people can't wait to see you. Congratulations on your high school head coaching position. We hope to see you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. You guys take care. God bless you. You got it. God bless you. John Perella. I'm really fascinated about his story because he was great with the Chargers. He was, I thought he was going to be a Charger for life. He was one of those guys where and the Chargers played in a lot of big games with him. And then he comes to the Raiders, and then you look at him. He was fearful. Like You walked around him. You didn't walk towards him. You walked around him. And he talked about some of those other players, Romanowski. Man, that was a very good team, and he was a big part of that Super Bowl run for the Raiders. Again, we appreciate John Perella, once a Raider, always a Raider, on a day where today is Mike Davis's memorial service here in Vegas, uh, one of the great Raiders of all time, two-time Super Bowl champ, Red Wright 88. We'll wrap up the hour and talk about only the two games I'm talking about today. No leaks here. No leaks with JT. No leaks. Just going to talk about Thursday. Thanksgiving at Dallas and the Monday night home opener 
702-365-9200. Brought to you by Bell Solar, the best solar company in town. They're hiring. Get to Bell Solar. They'll do you right. Here. That's, that's my goal. That's, that's what I want to do. Um, I've been wanting the Super Bowl ever since I was a kid. You know, that's why I play the game, because I want to win. So we're we just going to approach it just like any other game. It's Lamar Jackson. The Raiders will face him for the home opener. First ever game in front of a sold-out house. Allegiant Stadium, Monday night football, Raiders and the Ravens. How great is that? And there's no back-to-back -back Monday night games, which I love. I never enjoyed the second Monday night game in Oakland because most of the country didn't watch it. They watched the first Monday night game, and they didn't stay up for two football games. It was a West Coast regional thing. Now the Raiders have Monday night football all to themselves. I'm sure Mark Davis is going to put on one hell of a show because he waited, didn't allow fans in for the right reasons. Now fans will come in, and they will make up for it. Mark my words, the Raiders will throw an incredible party. Raiders 66, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. Thank I you. think this uh, I think this game is going to be very important because you got a, a conference game and it's going to set the tone for the season I think and conference games as you know are one of the top tiebreakers going into the playoffs but uh, I've been a, a Raider fan since uh, 1966 and I like to to give some history on the Raiders I love the Raider history mm -hmm. and I know we got a lot of new people that are uh, joining Raider Nation all the time. And some of the younger uh, people probably don't know that the Raiders were kings of Monday Night Football back mm -hmm. in the day. Monday Night Football started in 1970. The Raiders uh, lost their first game in 1974, the opener against Buffalo, by one point. They didn't lose another Monday Night game until 1986. And in that uh, thing, they had some big games there. One of the games was in 75, uh, I think it was the opener, and it was against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, mm -hmm. had, up till then, it was in Miami. And the uh, Dolphins had a 31-game home winning streak at that time. Well, at the end of that Monday night game, the streak was over. And I like, loved the Las Vegas Raiders, new, new city, new stadium. Let's get that Kings of Monday night back. Yeah, I hope so. Appreciate the call. They won last year on Monday night, which was a big deal against Drew Brees. To win against Drew Brees on Monday night football was exceptional. That was a really big deal, really important deal. So I hope that is a big start to the season and it really kickstarts the season in a big way. There's no guarantees. You know, Vegas doesn't give the Raiders much of a chance. They're a six-and-a-half-point underdog in their building. First-ever game with fans. So I think that number's going to go down. I'm going to get to that next hour. I think that game, the number's going to go off at six or five-and-a-half. And I could be wrong. I'm not a gambler, but I will tell you, there's going to be a lot of Raider fans throwing 20, 40, 50, 100 bucks on that game when they hit the ground in Vegas just to say they have a ticket for that Monday night game and they got a bet on the game as they go in. That'll move the line. There'll be enough of those. All right, when we come back, hour number two, we'll go over Thursday, Thanksgiving, the Raiders at Dallas, and more on this game with the Ravens. I'm excited. I think it's a great time. Hey, uh, raise a glass for Mike Davis for his memorial service today. Once a Raider, always a Raider.